0: What a mess oh thanks Brent appreciate appreciate your help here this morning in Proverbs it says this it says without a vision the people perish and uh, as we talked this morning about this this idea this what we talked about a couple of last couple of weeks, um, that word "vision" in Proverbs is a word that is in Hebrew is the word "kazon." Uh, it's the it's the word that uh, that's that's the, the main word we're using in this in this series. It's what we call the series "kazon," because that word in in Hebrew uh, basically means a dream or a revelation or a vision. And it means that it's not just something that God has a vision for something. He has an individual kazone, an individual purpose, a vision for your life and for my life. That when we become a believer in Christ and when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we have a new purpose, a new direction in our lives. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit further. Chris Genders, our adult ministries pastor, the last two weeks have talked about, introduced the whole concept of kazone, And then he talked last week about the first of what we call three circles. Uh, the three circles being the three areas where we're to, um, uh, we, if we want to understand our kazon our vision, our purpose for life, uh, it's the best place to start. The first circle we talked about, he talked about last week, was core values that we all have core values that we need to uh, understand. Uh, he shared a personal illustration last week about how he'd begun to understand that one of the core values that he had uh, was this whole thing of being a, a father who was involved with his kids, who was present in the life of his kids. And there was a whole lot of uh, things that went on in his life that allowed him to realize that was a core value. And we have multiple core values in our life, and we need to examine those so we can understand what the purpose is. Because God gives us those passions, those core values in our life uh, to understand what our purpose is to be in life. This week I want to talk about the second of these circles. Next week I'll talk about the third. The second one is this: if you want to understand your kazone, God's plan, God's vision for your life, you need to understand uh, your spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are kind of a strange thing for people to talk about sometimes because we have a lot of misunderstanding about spiritual gifts, but I don't think they're quite as mysterious as we sometimes think. Um, and one of the things we need to understand is that this is, and this is a question that I've been asked many times, and the question is this, uh, what, what does God want me to do? You ever ask yourself that question, what does God want me to do? If you're a believer and if you accept Christ and immediately to honor God, what you want to do is you want to start asking that question, what does God want me to do? But I think a more important question that kind of answers that question is this question, who has God made me to be? Who has God made me to be? How has he shaped me in such a way that uh, it kind of gives me an idea about what I'm supposed to do? Because what who has God made you to be, it really tells you what you're supposed to be doing. Now this morning I want to share with you as we begin that God really gives us when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He gives us three gifts. The first gift that we all know about is is the gift of of eternal life. The gift of eternal life is a gift that he gives us uh, and it says in Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we accept Jesus Christ, most of us think that, you know, the whole thing about accepting Christ is so we can get our ticket to heaven, right? Right? Okay, no, we'll see. Uh, Yes, we think that's a big deal, but that's not the only thing that God gives us. Yes, he does because of what his son did upon a cross. And we just celebrated that three weeks ago at Easter. Uh, he, he gives us this, this this gift of eternal life. Not that we earn it. We can't earn it in any way. We've talked about that before. But he gives us a free gift and we have to uh, accept the gift that God has done it for us through his son. And so that's the first gift he gives us. The second gift he gives us when we become a believer, the Bible tells us, is his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit, for it says in in Romans 5:5, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Uh, We've talked about this all year, basically at Great Oaks since last September, that the purpose, the purpose of our lives as a church and as believers is what? It comes out of one verse of scripture called the Great Commandment. And it says we are to love whom? God, thank you, and we're to love who's the other people who who, who else are else we to love? People. We're to love others. Love God, love others. That's our purpose, bottom line. But the issue is for, for us, and I to be honest, for all of us, is that we and of ourselves do not have the ability to love people and to love God the way that God loves people as well. We don't have that ability in ourselves. We can try real hard, but we need a power source, a source outside of us to allow us to begin to develop a heart for people. And it says that one of the reasons that the Holy Spirit, it says in this verse in Romans 5, 5, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He begins to work in our lives and change us so that we can love people in a real way, not just a superficial way. And so that's a second gift that God gives us when we trust Christ. But a third gift He gives us when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior is special abilities to use for His purpose. We call these spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 6 says, and this is, um, I think this is in the uh, Living Bible, says God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. In the uh, New English version, it says, The gifts we possess differ as they are allocated to us by God's grace and must be exercised accordingly. When you and I, if you've accepted Christ and asked Him into your heart, and He's given you the gift of eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit, another thing He's given to you, the Bible tells us very clearly, is He gives you this gift, this new purpose for living. And the good thing about about God is when He gives you a purpose for living and gives you a direction in life, guess what He does? He also gives you the resources to carry out the purpose. And we call these spiritual gifts. He's given you something. You know, when, when you were born, you were born with cer- certain abilities, right? All of you have abilities. Who gave those to you? Oh, my parents did. Well, who, who created everything? God. It says in the Old Testament, he knew us before, the, before we were even born. While we're still in the womb, he knew us, he created us. So all our abilities and all of our spiritual gifts are really all from God. And, and when we become a believer, we take these abilities and now he gives us some, something else, spiritual gifts, which sometimes relate to the abilities we have. And sometimes it's maybe beyond that as well, but he gives us these to enable us to do something that we've never been able to do before, because he tells us the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the body of Christ. That's what he tells us we're to do. So the Bible has a lot to say about spiritual gifts. It really does. I mean, if you want to if you want to read, if you want to start somewhere, start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the very first verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, I do not want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Could it be any more plain than that? And then he goes forth to talk about in chapter twelve and thirteen and fourteen of First Corinthians the whole thing about what spiritual gifts and how they play out in our lives. But also in Romans twelve, Ephesians four, there's some other areas of Scripture that talks about this whole thing of God giving us some gifts in our life uh, for us to to be able to use for His kingdom. And even though there's uh, in these these scriptures, in these ones I just uh, mentioned, there's some listing of gifts. There's there's three or four different lists of gifts. I think they're just illustrations. I don't think it's, and most commentators don't think that this is all the gifts there are. It's just a few illustrations to show us ideas about what spiritual gifts look like. Because I've seen over the years multitudes of gifts being used by people. That aren't listed in Scripture, and I really believe there's things that God has worked in their life and, and, and done things in their life, and so we see that. So uh, we have this these natural abilities, we have these spiritual gifts that we have when when Christ comes into our life, and 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 we use these abilities in a real sense to to help God to help us to understand our kazone, our our purpose, God's vision for our life, and the purpose He has. Now, this morning, uh, I want to talk about a little, for a little while the importance of spiritual gifts. Why is it important to know my spiritual gift? And then I want to talk about what God wants me to do about spiritual gifts. So the first thing is, why is it important? Three things I think are important to know my spiritual gift. Number one, if we know our spiritual gifts, our gift our gifts show God's plan for our life. And what's that? That's our kazone. It shows, it shows God's plan. It's one of the key ingredients for showing what God wants us to do with our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everything, it is the same God at work. Your spiritual gifting determines what God wants you to do. If you want to determine the direction of your life, uh, parents, one of the best things we can do if your child comes to Christ is to help them early, as early as possible, to discover what their gifting is. Because it's a, it'll, it'll shape and direct their life. Wouldn't it be better to learn it early on than later on in life and have to redirect our life? But if we're serious about doing God's will in our life, it answers a lot of questions about knowing our spiritual gifts, like what does God want me to do now that I'm a Christian? What should be my ministry? I don't necessarily mean that you have to go full-time into ministry, but what should I be focusing uh, my ministry on? How do I invest my time? How should I spend the time that I have? How should I focus my life? All of these factors are answered when you understand your gift. Every Christian is called to serve the cause of Christ, yes. But your spiritual gifts shows you how you to serve in a particular way. And if you're gifted in organizing, guess what? You should organize something. If you're gifted, uh, gifted in being a teacher, you should teach. If you're gifted in music, you know, be a musician. If you're gifted in reaching non-Christians who ought to, uh, to know Christ, be an evangelist. You know, whatever it may be, all of these things are we're to do in certain ways in our lives. All of us are to share our faith. All of us are to care for people. But there's certain gifted people who are gifted with with different abilities. Now, you notice the word differences in that verse, uh, it's, it's three times. It's, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, different kinds of service, there are different kinds of working. One of the temptations so often in a Christian life, especially when you're a new Christian, is to try to copy other Christians. Well, they're doing this, you know, and so let's just do that too. Well, the issue is you'll be frustrated if that's not your gifting. So one of the things we try to help people at Great Oaks to do is to discover what their gifts are and, and how to work those out in their lives. Gifts explain so often why Christians who believe the same things will see things differently. Have you ever noticed, now that, that's, this is just a just a observation, have you ever noticed that even though Christians may believe the same thing, we disagree a lot? Yeah, I don't notice that. You've never had a disagreement with another Christian. Blessed are you amongst all persons. I mean, you know, literally, folks. I mean, um, you know, Hal came up and talked, to, you know, shared with us about uh, our denomination. But I'm on the elder board for our denomination, which means that we're to deal with the spiritual issues of our denomination. And I must be honest with you. What basically what we do is deal with disagreements. Not the funnest job I've ever had, but you know it's something that needs to be done. And so we're trying to how how to disagree agreeably, I guess, is the deal. And and so we we have these different emphases, emphases that do. Remember, at the uh, when before I came out here, the, the all the drama that happened on stage, it was planned. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it was planned. Everything was planned Uh, because, you know, when when Nate came out and, you know, carried the table over and dropped it and fell different people on the stage responded in different ways. Right. Let me show you why. Show me some. Show me some of the people there, Nate. First of all, remember, Toby, he comes up and he said, I knew that was going to happen. Well, this is kind of extreme, but he had a gift of prophecy. I don't know, really, but you know, in the play, he did uh, another one is this? Uh, what's the other one? Okay, okay, Steve, when he comes up, you know, Steve, what does he do? You know, when it's, uh, he goes, hey, you grab a towel, you do this, you do this. You just he has this gift of administration. He just kind of like gets things organized, you know. Okay, next one. Remember Brent? Poor Brent. You know, he's the last one left on stage. He has gets a towel. And what does he do? He sops up the water that really was on the floor. Is a gift of gift of service. He was serving. He was just willing to serve whatever needed to be taken. Next next slide. Remember Bethany. She come over and when it happened, and what does she do? She hugged. She hugged Nate and goes, "It's going to be all right. It happens to everybody, just not in front of everybody. That's that's the deal about it." But she had a gift of encouragement. And the last one. I thought it was amusing. Of all the people on stage that play this role, it's Caleb. You know, not that Caleb doesn't have this gift of generosity or anything, but he's 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 a he's a high school student. You know, he doesn't have any money. Well, you know, but he's going to pay for this thing because it's broken. You see, the the, the little idea, of course, is this: is that all of us have different gifts, and when if you want to know kind of how your gift is, think about in scenarios what how do you respond to things. Were you be the organizer? You do have the gift of administration. Would you be the person who just, hey man, I'll help pay for that. You're, you're generous, or you just want to get down and on your knees and you know and clean the floor because you have the gift, this gift of of uh, service, or you know, just go through all the different giftings things. That's what God God makes wires us all differently in life. We're all different. You know, I found it interesting that when I thought about this, that's. In a real sense is how most denominations got started. Because we're different. Usually the key people who were the key influencers in that denomination had a certain passion, a certain gifting in a certain area. I mean, I know, I've studied church history and one of the things that's interesting is certain things. I was a Southern Baptist, okay? Southern Baptist, man, the beginnings of that, it's all about evangelism. You go to Methodist. Methods are all about community service, social activism. Assemblies are all about worship. You just you just go down a list. At every denomination, it, it tends to go in that direction in a real sense uh, because of these passions, these giftedness of the leaders, key leaders. And people, guess what? They tend to navigate so often... To those denominations and those groupings, because of certain things, that there are certain passions, there are certain emphases that these denominations have. Uh, we we try to be balanced here. We try to draw everybody. You know, we we're the perfect denomination. No, not really. But uh, <laughs> but the issue is, is that you know we have, when it, we understand that evangelism and service and and and, uh, and and discipleship, all of these are ultimately important in balance in what we do. See, God has given us many different gifts. Have you ever read a, a, a Christian biography of some great person of faith and you read about how they pray and they, how they would get up at 5 a.m. every morning and pray for three hours and you're just like convicted of that and go like, oh, I wish, and how you know great things that God would do because of that and you're going like, oh, I wish I could do that and you're going like, you tried for three days and that was about the end of it. Probably you don't have the same gifting that, that person has. Or you read stories or you hear, hear uh, I used to hear at youth camp all the time when I was a youth pastor, you know, stories from these youth evangelists, guys that are youth evangelists, they go out and they tell these personal stories about how they're in the airport and, you know, when, and, and they, they have this encounter with somebody and they start t- sharing their faith in a very natural way. And, you know, when a person comes to Christ, right, and I'm going like, wow, that would be so cool to happen. But it doesn't happen to everybody all the time because it's, that's their gift. That's what, what who, who they are. And, and so the thing is, it's important to know what our gift is, what your gift is. Because it gives you a real understanding, a real understanding of what God's plan is for your life and how you to focus your attention because you can't do everything and you're not called to do everything. You're called to do those things that God has gifted you to do. He's given you the abilities to do and combine all those things. Now, secondly, another thing that it's important to understand about our spiritual gifts is this. Our gifts show how valuable we are. My gifts show that I am valuable. In First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-seven, and I really, very rarely, put on the screen living Bible quotes, but a couple this morning were very clear. And actually, I went back and studied the original languages in this, even as much as I could, to make sure that it was clear and it was straight. And this was a really good translation of this verse. All of you, it says this in First Corinthians twelve, verse twenty-seven. All of you form the one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate a necessary part of it a separate and necessary part of it you're needed you're important i thought about this morning you know if somebody if we were to grade the importance of of task at great oaks this morning how would we grade what's the most important task this morning at great oaks me you know i'm preaching the sermon you know, and the band, maybe they're very close, second. But what if this morning, if you came in here, and there were no chairs? Would that be just a minor inconvenience to you? What would you do? Well, based on your giftedness, you'd do all kind of weird things. But the thing is, you know, that's important that we had groups this morning come in and set up the chairs. What if you were here this morning, you have kids? And there was nobody over in the children's wing teaching those kids. Is that important? See, every part is important. No, I am not more important than anybody else. Sir. I'm just a part of the whole. And we have to understand that that's that every gift. That's what it's saying. Our gifts show that I am valuable. Every gift that we have. Sometimes it's not an upfront gift, and some people, you know, like I'm going like you know, I bless their hearts. You know, these 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 people. Anybody watch American Idol? Anybody watch the early, you know, the early shows when they're auditioning all the crazy people? And you're going like, why does those persons get on in front of people on national TV and do that to themselves? You know, and I'm going like nobody ever told them they can't sing, even their mama. Because, you know, so often they'll say, my mama told me I can sing. And, and you know the good news about the American Idols is that they eventually weed out and it's kind of a gift assessment pro- process. You know as down we're now down to the final three, I think. Is that right? something like that, you know and um, And the issue is is they could all sing. But early on, I'm going like, man, these people, you know man, it was brutal. I'd hate to be some of those people. but let me tell you, at least they tried. They didn't mind, you know. Their dream in their head was, "Well, I can do this. I want to be a singer," and they proved they couldn't. So, you know, it it was a brutal process. But, but life sometimes one of the processes is is that when we discover who we are and what we can do, it shows how we fit in with the whole. You ever worked a jigsaw puzzle? Ever worked those little? How about ever worked one of those ones that's got like thousands of pieces? Anybody ever done that? Is this is this a lost art? Okay. I've done it with my mom. My mom loves to do this. When we go home Christmas and, and different times of year, mom will always usually have this table, this old card table sitting out there, and she's been working on this puzzle, and she's got it there. I remember one time, most frustrating day of my life. Got there. We got down to the end of the puzzle. We've been working on this thing for weeks. Like She had before we got there, and we tried to help her finish it. Got to the end. There was a piece missing. We couldn't complete the puzzle. That's exactly what it is. is when God gives you a gift and you don't do your part because you're like the missing piece. Every piece is important according to God's Word. It may be a small piece. It may be an obscure piece. But it's an important piece of what we're to do. The third thing that it's important to discover our gifts is this, is number three, our gifts are the key to fulfillment in life. Our gifts are the key to fulfillment in life. Every human being I have found over the years of ministry, every human being has a desire to be used by God. Every human has a desire to accomplish something, to feel significant, to feel your lo- like your life makes an impact. I cannot tell you over the past 30 years of ministry how many times I've sat down with guys who are in their late 40s and early 50s and they've been very successful in the business world and they come into my office and they say this you know i've done i've i've done everything i've i've you know developed a product developed a company been ceo i've done whatever and you know and 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 is this all there is because i've been successful And we begin to discover that basically the issue is they're looking at is, you know, it's not about success; it's about significance. Am I going to do something significant that makes a difference? You know, because we start thinking in late forties and early fifties about, you know, I'm not going to be here a whole lot longer. You ever think about? It? I'm 56, man. I'm not going to be here long at all. You know. But the issue is, is no, I don't think about. It. I'm not that morbid. But the thing is, you start thinking about, you know, I have less time to live than I have that I have lived already. And you start asking, okay, when I leave here, is there anybody going to miss me? And so the issue is for us is this, is that, you know, we the key, one of the things that we want to do is discover our gifts so that we can understand our kazon, that that purpose, that vision that God has for our lives, and to live that out. And the earlier you do that, the more time you have to live in the sweet spot of your life where God made you to be. I love in the the Phillips version of John fifteen verse eight and verse eleven. It says this: "This is how my Father is glorified, in your becoming fruitful, productive, and in being my disciples. I've told you this so that you can share my joy, that your joy may be complete." I find it interesting that in the Greek language, the word for gift and the word for joy comes from the same word, from the same root word. The word for gift and the word for joy. Because in a real sense, you find joy by being what God meant you to be, by taking the gifts, the abilities He's given you, and unwrapping them and starting to use them. That's what gives your life significance. So what does God want me to do with my gift? What does He want me to do as I discover it? The first thing is this, He wants us to discover it. Number one, He wants us to discover the gift. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says this, Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It doesn't say half-heartedly desire spiritual gifts. It says eagerly. It says to us this. It says that, that when you become, well, let me just be honest with you. One of the marks, one of the marks of a person who is truly changed, who God has come into their life is that they really, that they really are a Christian is they have a desire to know their spiritual gift and to begin to use it in some way to serve God. The flip side of that would be, if you have no desire at all to know your spiritual gifts or to serve God, the question comes, have you ever really trusted Christ? That's a hard question, I know. But it's an important question. You see, the mark of a genuine follower of Christ is they have a desire to know the gifts that God has given them and use them. First Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12.1, I mean, like I said, in 1 Corinthians it says, I don't want you to be ignorant of gifts. I want you to know them. So Scripture is not that vague about gifts. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, tough sometimes to discover between abilities and gifts and how they intertwine and how they mix and, and all stuff. But the thing is, it's not unknowable. And how you discover spiritual gifts? Well, you know, you can do all kinds of things to discover spiritual gifts. You can take a spiritual gift survey. At the end of this, uh, at the end of this five weeks of this series, uh, two weeks from now, I'm going to give you an, an online, uh, um, thing that you can do if you want to work toward discovering your kazon in more detail. And one of them, part of that is a spiritual gift survey. But I have found that spiritual gift surveys have to, they're limited in scope. So I found the best way personally to discover spiritual gifts is first of all by examining, by examining my life prior to where it is now i ask myself this question um in what ways that i've served god so far and in what ways i've served god so far what are those things i've enjoyed what has god blessed where have people been impacted where have i seen results you know, kind of looking back. And we're going to talk about experiences next week and the importance of looking at our experiences and we're going to talk more about this. But that's one of the best ways of beginning to ask yourself, where have I made an impact in the world already, By or in, in, in my small world, wherever I might be, in looking back at my Christian life. A second one, uh, way of, of discovering spiritual gifts besides examining is by experimenting. By experimenting. Just try stuff. If you think that it's something that you could do, Try it. It's all right to not be successful. It just means that was a failed experiment. It's not about you being a failure. You know, thank goodness that people think like that. We would not have American Idol. <laughs> of the first few shows, which really are the best shows, I think. So the thing is, at least they tried. You know, if you really want to succeed in life, sometimes you have to fail a few times. You have to be willing to take a risk to discover who you are. And that's by, that's one of the things you're to do. So at Great Oaks, this is a great place to start to discover your spiritual gifts. You can try something for a while. If it's not your fit, you're going like, okay, that's not me. Fine. Try something else. Eventually you'll discover what it is. But don't be afraid to examine your life and to experiment. And that's a couple of the key ways to to uh, discover your gift secondly after you've discovered your gift you just don't leave it on a shelf and say okay there it is nice gift let's dust it off every once in a while now what you do is the second thing is you develop it you develop it the bible says in first timothy 4 14 do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you do not neglect it it means this it means if you know what your gift is once you've discovered it you gotta you gotta work in that gift. It it may be something where y- y- you uh, have to develop it because let me tell you if if I well, let's be honest, uh, thirty six years ago when I was twenty years old, if somebody told me that I'd be doing today what I'm doing right now, I would have laughed at them loudly because I was so terrified of being in front of people. And I was, felt so inadequate as far as doing anything, but I've discovered over the years and beginning to understand the spiritual giftedness of us that I have the gift of of teaching, I have the gift of leadership, I have those gifts, and it had to be developed. Hopefully I get better at it. And you do too. It's not like, okay, I got the gift, It's all whatever it ever is. You need to develop it. That's what Scripture is telling us here. But so often, people discover their gift, they go through a survey, they do whatever, and then they just kind of do do nothing with it. it. The reason is because of this. Satan will do anything he can to help you, to keep you from discovering and developing your spiritual gift because he knows that you'll be at your best when you're working in the sweet spot of where you're gifted and where your abilities work and your core values. He knows that. And so, he'll do everything to keep you know, guess what he does in our culture today? He keeps you so busy you don't have time to develop that gift because we haven't figured out how to, how to say no to anything. So we do too many things. So to, so often it's simply p- people say, oh, well, I, I really don't have time to develop. I'm too busy. You know, I've never heard anybody say to me, well, I, you know, really, the reason I don't use my spiritual gift is because i got the wrong priorities. I've never heard anybody tell me that. The reality is that's true. Many times. Or I've never had anybody say, well, the reason I don't use my spiritual gifts is because I'm too lazy. No one's ever told me that. Sometimes that's true, right? Let's just be honest. So we need to, to develop the gift once we discover what it is, or gifts. It's sometimes multiple gifts. Finally, the Bible says use it, use it. We need to use the gift. 1 Peter 4.10 Each one of you should use whatever spiritual, use whatever spiritual gift he has received to serve others, faithfully managing God's grace in its various forms. See, one of the purposes of Great Oaks, and it should be the purpose of any church, is to help you discover, develop, and use your gifts. In Ephesians 4, it says, He did this did this? To give us, he did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ so that we shall all come together to the oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God. We shall become mature people reaching to the very height of Christ's full stature. When I look at God's plan for us as a church, it is brilliant. Do you know that God is smart? Y'all wake. Do you know that God is smart? Yeah, he's, he's smarter than we are, okay? A lot smarter than we are. I mean, he's so far beyond us, we're like ants and, you know, whatever. Maybe you think you're smarter than that, but I'm sorry. But God's plan is brilliant. God's plan is this. Everyone will get a spiritual gift if you're a Christian so that everyone can contribute, so that everybody's important, so that nobody feels insignificant, so that we all function together like a symphony. And and he says, I'll give every Christian a spiritual gift so that every person could be a partner with God in the most important task in this world, building his kingdom. That's God's plan. Everybody has a part. Everybody. It's not like about one person, you know. If that one person fails, everything falls. No, no, no. It's about every part of the body working together. That's God's plan. And that's why it's so important that we discover, each one of us discover, develop, and use the gifts that he's given us. If you do not discover that, you will not understand your kazone, your your, God's vision, God's purpose for your life. Because it's a huge part of... Of understanding that. In Matthew 25, that's one of my favorite passages in in Scripture, there's an important story called the parable of the talents. And we're not going to go into that. You can read that later. Write it down. Matthew 25, parable of the talents. And Jesus told this entire story to say one thing. He said, one day you're going to stand before God and the ultimate question is going to be, what did you do with what I gave you? That's the one question he's going to ask. What did you do with what I gave you? He says we're responsible for what He gives us. And He has given us, if you're a believer, He has given you a spiritual gift, at least one. And He calls you to discover it, to develop it, and to use it. Because if you don't, it's a waste. So this morning, just to give you kind of some homework to think about, on your outline, in the bulletin, there's an outline there. And on the back, on, on the second page of that, there's three questions. This is your homework for this week. Chris gave you homework the last two weeks, and so I thought I'd do the same. This is really a simple way to begin the process of asking some questions about spiritual gifts. The first question is this. What do you have a passion to do and enjoy doing? If you're a believer, what do you have a passion to do and enjoy doing? Your giftedness is going to be in the area of something you'd like to do. doesn't mean it's always going to be easy to do, but it's going to be something you enjoy doing. I mean, I, I, truthfully, um, I love getting up here now and speaking. I love teaching. I love sitting down with people and, and talking about God's Word. I love doing that. There's, there's things. I love leadership issues. I love doing all those things. Not every day is it easy. If you think it's easy to get up here every week and I just go up here and have my iPad, and miraculously, these sermons appear, uh, you don't know about the 20 hours I spend at least on average a week preparing a sermon. It's a hard work, but it's, but I'll enjoy doing it. So look at what you have a passion to do and enjoy doing. Number two, what do you what do you do that seems to have a significant impact on others? What do you do that as you do it, as you enjoy doing it, as you, you share with others, what is it you do that seems to have an impact on other people, a positive impact? I'm not talking about negative. I'm talking about a positive impact on other people. And then thirdly, what do you secretly believe that you could do, but you've never tried? You need to experiment with. Those are three, three simple questions to begin the process of asking yourself about spiritual gifts. And, like I shared with you at the end of the series, in two weeks from now, what I'm going to do is give you connected with, with a, a possibility of expanding and spending more time in this if you really want to go further with this as well. Because it's hugely important, folks. I mean, you will once you live in that spot, it's such a great, much better life. It's the life that God has for you. He has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a vision for your life. You have a kazone. And you need to find out what it is and live in it. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.